start rolling, Molly. No, you can keep talking about how you're not tired. Literally. Literally not tired. Awake. Literally awake. Um, but I guess now we just chitter chatter. Chitter chatter. Chitter chatter about stuff. Um, so, uh, would you like some hand sanitizer? Oh, God. Yes. Please. <laughs> it's right there. Um, it is a, so that is a homemade hand sanitizer made by my husband, Chris, that he made me leave the house with. It is a so shampoo like bottle. You could pour a little bit in your hands. It is just don't pour it on the cable mic or anything. Um, It is a homemade hand sanitizer uh, from a shampoo bottle. Chris dug out the old hand sanitizer that we've had for a million years. Oh, let me tell you. So it's hand sanitizer mixed with Everclear, which is like 90 proof alcohol or some shit. Yeah, I'll take a little. Why not? My fucking hands are dry as it is. My hands are just like destroyed from all this hand sanitizer. Whoa, oh, oh, oh. Oh, it's everywhere. Every cover clear is everywhere. This is exactly what happened last night. It smells like a fucking booze factory in here now. Mm, It smells like a college dorm. Do you guys remember when you were in college and somebody would make a fucking trash can full of punch? No. Okay, I do. Hunch punch, I think is what they called it. Anyway, this is like a hunch punch uh san- hand sanitizer why is it wrapped in tape um chris ra- he took my fucking gaff tape and wrapped <gasps> the shampoo bottle in gaff tape i guess to signify that this is homemade hand sanitizer <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i don't know uh last night when we were leaving the party uh that we went to last night mm-hmm. uh we put some hand sanitizer on and chris dumped it all over <gasps> his lap oh so it just God. smelled it smelled like a handle of, of alcohol in our car. And I was like, I sure hope we don't get. I was like, does this count as an open container? Because it's, it? it's hand sanitizer, but there's Everclear in it. So does that count as an open container? I mean, I'm not going to drink it because it's also mixed. Send us in your. <laughs> send us in your thoughts. Um, if I put hands, if I put a bottle of Everclear in my car to use as hand sanitizer because hand sanitizer is sold out everywhere. Am I going to get arrested or am I going to get praised for my ingenuity? Mm. Now, just to be clear, this is not like a, a bottle of Everclear. No, this like, is a shampoo, bo- a mini shampoo bottle that from like a travel size shampoo bottle filled with Everclear and like some hand sanitizer gel, whatever we could, you know. We're, it's like, you know, when you're out of shampoo, I mean, when you're out of soap and you put some water in the bottom. I don't. That's like. No, that's I what Chris does. Chris new Chris soap. <laughs> Chris puts water in anything. It's I I want to. I feel like it's. He says that it's like leftover from when he was like he grew up in rural Virginia. Mm-hmm. Poor, it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like so when we run out when we're running out of shampoo, uh, shampoo or soap, he puts water in it. If you run out of ketchup, just put some water in it. Oh my goodness. You know. Anyway. I will not be eating ketchup at your house. (laughs) No, right now we have enough ketchup. I try to throw the bottle away before he puts water in there. I'm like, babe, we can afford ketchup. You don't have to do this anymore. Um, Welcome to the Feminine Mistake Podcast. Oh, hey. Hey. Oh, hey. (laughs) This is a podcast about women in film, mostly like watching stuff and then talking about the women in the film or the TV show. I like the way you're throwing your head head back and forth like a a dog that's like, like hello? What (laughs) are you saying? Like a Labrador. Yeah. So we watch um, your favorite or perhaps films you've never heard of and TV Mm -hmm. shows. And we talk about how women are portrayed in them. And uh, I'm one of your hosts, Nicole. I'm Sarah. 
another host. I mean, the only other host. The only other host. There's only two of us. Uh, Often we are joined by a guest, but today uh, it's uh, just us. Just Just the two two of us. us. I was just thinking. (laughs) Um, So we're having a intimate recording. A full six feet away from each other because of the coronavirus. (laughs) Because of the coronavirus, we are not in breathing vicinity. And we are rubbing and we have guards. ourselves we have, like, down mouth guards. with hand sanitizer. <laughs> um, so uh, we're continuing our discussion on the film Horse Girl, uh, which is available on Netflix. So if you like the rest of us are, and I don't know, this is coming out in April. I don't know what fucking happens in April. I I don't know if it's become like a Lord of the Flies type situation. We are recording this in March. Mm-hmm. So welcome from the past where this whole coronavirus thing has just kicked off and we're all sort of becoming homebound. Uh, and if you are still homebound, uh, you can find Horse Girl on Netflix and watch it. And uh, so that's Hello, what we'll be talking about today. future pe- people. I hope you are well. I hope everyone's well. I hope you're taking care of yourselves. I hope that the toilet paper has been restocked by now. That's what I hope. I hope that as well. So um, before we get into um, today's topic, I have a shameful confession to make. Okay, please. You're looking at me with those very understanding eyes. Please, my child, (laughs) let me know. Uh, I I think it's no secret that I'm a huge nerd. Yep. Um, I, I think it's no secret that I'm a huge nerd for Star Wars. Yes. I have recently my my nerdiness, recently my nerd dumb has increased dramatically. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, I've always been a big fan of the movies, a huge fan of the Mandalorian TV show. I mean, I love the movies. I don't want to say like huge fan of Mandalorian, big fan of the movies. That implies that I love Mandalorian more. I love them all. I love it all. The prequels I'm okay with. I love <laughs> all of it, right? And then so – uh, over Christmas, I started reading more of the comics and the books, and I kind of started – of course, Disney has now purchased Lucasfilm, so I started reading the books that were considered, quotes, in canon because I was like, well, I might as well start there. There's like hundreds of books. Like I couldn't possibly get through everything. So I've been reading I some sh- of the I comics. you can. I will eventually, Someday. I guess. Um, and then I stumbled across this podcast with Nicole Byer and Lauren Lapkus called Newcomers. And it is them watching the Star Wars movies, and they've never seen it, and they don't know anything about Star Wars. Oh, dear. And I was a little concerned at first because they did not like the first movie. And I was like, Which one? A New Hope. Okay, okay. They were like, they did not like it. And I was like a little concerned because I was like, ooh, I don't know. I don't know. If they don't – if they hate all of them, I'm not sure if I can – I love them. They're so funny. And so I kept listening, and it actually – they actually – by Return of the Jedi, they're like totally sold. Like they've been totally converted. And so in addition to watching the movies, they had an episode about fan fiction. Okay. And I have even, despite having been fully nerdy my entire life, like I've always been a nerd. I've always been a weirdo. uh, I've always been into nerdy things. I've never read fan fiction before. I at one time got curious about it and I looked it up and then I was like, "Mm, I don't like this. And mm-hmm. I just was like, I'm not going to pursue this part which, of my life. Which fan thing were, were you looking up? I don't remember because I feel like it was in the early eight stages of the internet. Huh? Lost? Maybe. I was very nerdy about Lost. Yeah. But I want to say it was even before that. It was in the early stages of the internet. And I just was like, oh, people write stories about 
stuff and like and continue not the, the story. Original yeah, I was like, that's fucking crazy. And I just whatever I read, I just was like, oh, this kind of sucks. I think I read something that just wasn't well written, and yeah. I was like, ooh, well, I'm just not going to re- read this kind of shit. And so they did this episode where they read fan fiction to each other, and. First of all, it was filthy. Like, it was the dirtiest. It made me so uncomfortable. I didn't even finish the episode. I was just like, I can't. This is fucking crazy. Like, I can't. It was like, it, it was like watching your parents have sex. Ah! Exactly. So, uh, and I don't know why this led me to this conclusion. But then I was like, I wonder, you know, like, I wonder what kind of, if there, is there good fan fiction out there? Because there are people that are very devoted to this. So, yeah. I just kind of typed in like fan fiction for whatever uh, Star Wars. And I found this article that was it was like in the fucking New York Times or some shit where they actually some somebody interviewed fan fiction writers, Star Wars fan fiction writers about the Rise of Skywalker, which I don't fucking care about because I love Rise of Skywalker and I don't give a shit whether other people like it or not. Um, Controversial opinion, I know. And. So I, fa- I, so I, through that, I found like a place where there's a bunch of fan fiction, mm-hmm. uh, 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 AO3, which if you read fan fiction, you're very familiar with. And I just started poking around and I found this author. Her name is Thea and she goes by Disasterisms. That's her like handle or whatever, Disasterisms. And I am fucking obsessed. Like I am obsessed like I never thought I would be into this stuff, but it's like I can't like I am I am shirking other responsibilities. Like I will force myself to work on something like I that I actually need to do and then I'll be like if I do this for like 2 hours, then I can just take a 20 minute break and read more of my fanfic. Like oh my I am gosh. it is a fucking <laughs> obsession. I need I need help. Somebody is this your help call me. for help? I yes, I'm this is my literal call for help right now. I don't know why, but I'm super hooked. It's like, you know, what I love about it is it's like store. Uh, it's often people exploring stories about the characters that you're never going to see in the actual universe. Like things where you're like, oh, I wonder what if like this person hadn't died and mm. they were able to interact with this other character. Mm. Or what if, you know, this part of the story that's never really been take, d- dealt with in the novels or in the movies, like what happened in this time period that nobody's really addressed? Mm. And this author, I've really only been reading her stuff so far. But this author, she's just like really an incredible writer. Like her writing is really good. And anyway, I don't know. What do you think? What do you think about? It? I feel like I've just unloaded a bunch of. You're looking at me with this shocked expression. I'm, like I, I just shocked. De- detonated a bomb in no, front of you. No, I think that's great. I you think do? yes because like I feel I, sh- I feel a little ashamed. I get obsessed about things too, and especially certain. Maybe certain characters and store storylines and the idea of being able to explore or be taken on a journey mm-hmm. on a story that you you love mm-hmm. and like have things like you were saying, like characters who died interacting mm-hmm. with other things that were not explored. Yeah. Like, for example, like Harry, Harry Potter. I'm not like a Harry There's Potter nerd. tons of Harry Potter But Harry fanfic. Potter is like, there are tons of characters and mm-hmm. deaths and relationships and stuff and like. Yeah, like if you get if you f- f- finish all the books and you're like I want more, 
Like, yeah, like there's not, yeah. no, nothing wrong with that. And it sounds like this woman is such a good author who, mm-hmm. who knows like if she could write her, her own stuff someday or do you just want her to continue to write fan fiction? I, you know, I want her to write whatever she wants to write. I just am really enjoying her, the way she renders these characters. Mm-hmm. And it really kind of had me thinking two things. One, um, it's incredible to me that somebody that is essentially an audience member can take something and be so attuned to it that mm-hmm. they can write these characters' voices so well. Like mm-hmm. when I read this that book that I'm reading right now, um, a book if you can call it that, I, I, it's, it's, you know, it's a PDF. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but this story that I'm reading is like, I'm like, wow, like I've been reading all these canon stories and some of them are great and some of them are okay. And I feel like she gets their voices in a way that some of these other authors that have been hired to write these canon stories don't even fully get their mm-hmm. voices. And so I'm just really amazed at how that how somebody can pick up the ball like that. Yeah. Well, like there's um I mean you you already know this the, about the sh- like shows have a a, bi- a, a bible and mm-hmm. like author not authors but write write writers who are hired in a they, writers room on a series, they're, yeah. They're able to step into the character's shoes and like write like because that's just like a, mm-hmm. a talent ta- talent they have so it sounds mm-hmm. like she just has that talent um of seeing a store story and seeing characters or she's and being just able like to... so devoted to those characters that she's just picked up yeah. on it i don't know well like think about this the simpsons has been on so long mm-hmm. that the people who write for it now grew up watching the show mm-hmm. so really the show is fan fifth fiction oh my god you're right it's Mm -hmm. a it's a it's it's a box within a box within a box Mm -hmm. um the other thing i had thought about this besides her ability to to pick up the ball and run with it like that is that this woman is just writing these stories because she fucking loves it yeah and they're hired to and yeah so there are hundreds i don't know how many people are reading this but there's like a lot like comments and comments and comments and pages of comments of people and her Twitter page, like people constantly writing to her about what she's writing. And Do it's they, like, are they good? Or yeah. Okay. I mean, it's like people just showering her with this adoration mm. of like, I'm just, I love what you're doing. Like I love, and, and it just made me think about what, as an artist, like what our idea of success is, mm-hmm. you know, is, does it have to be like, I have to reach this certain accepted attainable level of mm-hmm. success where I'm in some certain category and I'm my work is shown on in certain places. Like can't can't can versus fan, fanfic. Like what's what's the di- the difference? Right. Or what is the difference between somebody who makes films and those films are like nominated for an Oscar or some film that only like maybe a couple hundred people, maybe a thousand people saw it. Mm-hmm. But if those thousand people or 500 people or whatever were really touched yeah. and like it, it moved them. Like Pigskin. Right. Like that movie Pigskin we saw at yeah. like that movie was this short and I don't think that, I don't know. We've talked, we haven't never talked about that in the I show, think but we, might have. we talked about it maybe on it. I don't know if we talked about it on the show, but we saw it at a shorts fest and Atlanta shorts fest actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I won't get into it, but yeah. it was a movie that was like a kind of like a body horror, like horror movie about eating disorders. Yeah, and it just really like a fat, a fat, 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 fat. Sorry, it really affected us. Mm-hmm. It was really, uh, it really impacted me. And 
So I guess there's like a lot of times you're thinking like, oh, well, I have to get this many people to follow me or this many people to subscribe or this many people like or I need to get funding from this place or this grant or into this festival. And like maybe it's all about like just sharing and communicating. And even if like if five people watched it or if five people heard it and those five people like really needed that and it really moved them, like maybe that's the thing that really matters. I think think it does. Like when I shared the first essay I wrote and Mm -hmm. some of the people in the room were like, I understand this. Mm -hmm. Like that hadn't occurred to me. I was just telling my story. It hadn't occurred to me. It really hit them very deeply. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that when you share your work, it really is, like you said, like it's not, not, not about how many people see it, but it's about like what it does to the people who do see see, see it. Absolutely. And it just, you know – it gave me a renewed appreciation for yeah that desire. That she may not be a household name, but yeah. she's affected all these people. To those people, people that yeah. are reading her stuff, they are like hungry for it. They're mm-hmm. like, when's the next? Because uh, she'll like update it. Once. How often does she? Um, it looks it's about once a week. Wow, I know. Does she have a job? <laughs> she does. And I'm what, what's like, her job? I don't know, but okay. um, she has a job, and she sometimes she'll it's not exactly once a week, but I'm just like I'm amazed. Like I can't fucking write, you know, three thousand words a week. That's insane to me. And she's right now. I she's updating two different stories, so she's mm-hmm. writing a Harry Potter, Star Wars in the Harry Potter universe. Oh my goodness! That's so. That's one, and then the other one is just like a. The one that I started reading was about as a story, like kind of a continuous, continuing story of like Ray, and then like Ben Solo like comes back from like the dead because there's some mm-hmm. like you know he's been sent back because there's something that they have to. So this save is after from, the, the ro- after the rise, rise of Skywalker. Of- I like when he died. I was like, I want more Ben. <laughs> well, this story has more, and it's really fucking good. Nice. Um, so she's writing both of those right now, and I like. I cannot tell you the day because on her blog, she says which date the next update is coming mm-hmm. out. And I had burned through the first 10 chapters of this story that I'm reading. The star, the one I'm not reading the Harry Potter one. I'm reading mm-hmm. the other one. And the day that it was supposed to come out, I'm just like hitting. I'm refresh, 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 <laughs> refresh. I'm like, when is this? Co- like, the when can I read more? Ability of that for her to be like, this is when my next thing is going to be yeah. done. Like, I would love to have that kind of con- 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 confidence and like, this is definitely going to like. I remember being a kid and mm-hmm. hearing about Jay. But you Jay, are Sarah. Jay, We're putting J. this K. podcast Ra- Ra- out. Ra- 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 who was like, I'm going to release this book this year and then yeah. this book this year. Well, and it's you like, could, Sarah. Now you're writing a book. You could. Yeah. Um, and also, we are releasing this podcast on a regular basis. That's true. And. Uh, when we started this, I, I don't know if we've said this on air, but I've definitely said this to you repeatedly. Mm-hmm. When we started in 2016 doing this mm-hmm. podcast, I was like, I hope we make it through like five episodes. I was mm-hmm. like, I hope we don't crap out. And just like, I did not expect that four years from now, we'd still be podcasting. Mm-hmm. But I just love doing it. Yeah, I fucking love doing it. And I love talking to people about the show when somebody is like, oh, this was funny or I thought that too when I saw it or or they just like, oh, I like to listen to it on the way to work or like Brandon, who was our guest last month, like Brandon will text us his response to what we've said about a a show or a movie. And I just it's just fun to communicate with people about the stuff you care about. Yeah. And uh, so sometimes it's hard to remember that in this place where you're like fighting for validation as an artist it's difficult you know yeah 
And so. it's just, I mean, besides like who who listens to it, but it's just fun to talk talk about about mm-hmm. it and yeah, sit across from you six feet away. And- I know six feet away with an acceptable amount of dif- dif- distance with Lysol in the air so that <laughs> we don't catch in each other's germs. <laughs> All right. Uh, shall we get back into this movie? Yes, please. So, so folks, if you're fan fiction curious, give into your curiosity. Try please it out. Do. You know, I approve. It's I not think, safe for work. I think there's no not shame. Safe for work. No shame. No shame. No shame. No shame. No shame. Love what you love. Yes. And with that, let's get back into this movie, Horse Girl. The house is a mess, Jack. The kids are a mess, Jack. You're a mess, Jack. You have been a total bitch ever since you came to New York. You seem sort of distant. Let's just do it, huh? You look stupid and rich. Stupid and stupid and rich. Fascist. All right, let's get into it. Should we talk about when this is set? Um, when is this movie set? I was very confused. Uh, it's... What do you think? Well, there's lots of 90s attire and like their her clothes are very 90s and like set dressing and like cars yes. and and the music, music and the store and and like her hair and I don't know everything just, just feels very 90s and yet they have cell it phones. It felt like a period piece except for the cell phones. Yes. And I really wanted them to make a choice. Yeah. Like at first, we were like argue, like we were debating about like when we were watching this movie. Uh, we were debating about like when is this set, and I'm like, it's obviously set in the '90s. Like, listen to like the music they were playing at the party. Yeah. Like that guy's fucking tank top that he was wearing. Like yeah. Brian's tank top. Like everything seemed like it was a, some kind of period piece. Yeah. But and she uses a payphone mm-hmm. at one point. Like yeah. she wakes up and is out in a payphone, and I'm like. This is she uses definitely a, a, in the nineties. Thing on the the club. Yeah. That was the first thing. As soon as she used the club, I turned to Sarah and I was like, "What fucking time period is this? Like yeah. nobody uses clubs anymore." Well, there, 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 there was even a line um, near the end when they were in the when she was in the mental yes. hospital with. She was like, "I yeah. her." Room. It was like yeah. I fell asleep in not in not in not in nineteen ninety five, and I just woke up or whatever. And I'm like, "What does that mean?" Like. Yeah, so I feel like if that was supposed to be about time travel, cool. Yeah. But then I need some more hints about this not being the 90s, or I, I don't know. It's very unclear yeah. to me. Like, to, it almost felt like the aesthetic was like, we like the 90s, yes. so we're going to use that aesthetic. Yes. And for a moment, I thought it tied in, like you said, because of she's in the hospital and she wakes up and that girl that she's been dreaming about says that she's in the hospital because she thinks she's a time traveler from the 90s. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, well, that's really fucking cool. But yeah. how does what does that have to do with Sarah's story? Yeah. It doesn't really. Yeah, no. It doesn't. And we only saw that girl that one time. Mm-hmm. And so if it had been worked in more, I would have found it to yeah. be very clever and pertinent but instead it just felt like more like a stylistic choice yeah it just it it feels like there were all these all these sentences that began but they didn't finish their their sentences yeah i think that's a fair assessment because like, we were certain that this movie took place in the 90s until uh darren phone. pulled out that cell phone and i was like well that's not a flip phone so this yeah. is you know not the 90s yeah. 
or a pager, I guess. If it was the 90s, he would have had a pager. Yeah. But yeah, I was like, what is the point of, like, what does this have to do with it? Even except until they drop that one thing. And then I was like, yeah. but yeah, but still, how does this tie in? Mm-hmm. It's a lot of ingredients, but I'm not really sure what the cake is supposed to taste yes. like. You know? Is it even a cake or is it just a soup? <laughs> it's a it's a dessert soup. It's a dessert, dessert stew. Dessert it's dessert a dessert stew. stew. Sounds interesting. It's got some ice cream. It's got some angel food. Ooh. Don't talk about dessert. I'm so me. sorry. Oh, my God. I thought so it's, that sounded repulsive. Because I was picturing this. Cream. No, oh I was gosh. picturing this soupy, wet mixture. I love. It was just like wet desserts. Soupy, wet. Just, just like wet desserts. desserts. Yes. That, you like want cake, wet desserts? Like like cake that has like the, mil- the milk in it. You know, like the. Tr- tr- I don't. Let, let, no. Let, like I just, don't. You don't like milky cake? I don't. I don't like it when liquid surprises me. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> It seems like a uh, it seems like subterfuge, mm. and I don't care. I for love it. surprise liquid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, uh, shall we move on to the yes, next? Please. Okay, um, let's see. Uh, I think we talked about this, so I'm not going to touch on it too much. But uh, well, you know what? I am going to talk about it. I feel like this movie has is too pronged. In the sense that it's double pronged in the okay. sense that it's about, I think this movie is about mental illness. Mm-hmm. I think. Okay. Right. And uh, it seems to be about how people that are experiencing mental illness, one, uh, suffer because they don't have enough people in their lives mm-hmm. who really care about them mm-hmm. or take care of them. And the system also doesn't seem to care about them. Mm-hmm. Right. Is yes. that fair? That's fair. Um, and I think we see that through all the isolation she's feeling that as once she has her breakdown, people aren't really sure what to say. Yeah. And I don't fault them for that because if somebody, although to be honest, if somebody was telling me that they thought they were a clone, Mm -hmm. then I would be like, you really need to see a doctor. But that doesn't seem to be helpful to her at all. Mm -hmm. She gets very upset. But that's what how I would react to that. I'd be like, oh my god, like you're obviously going through something. Please, you know, that's the thing. Please get some help. Especially like people who have schizophrenia, like they don't like. That's one of the things you're not supposed to do is try to confront them about their, um, uh, what's it called, Uh, delusions, Mm -hmm. because it makes them more upset and makes them yeah, it seemed to agitated and. Um, yeah, and it doesn't help because they're not going to believe you. Yeah. I mean, uh, although there are pe- people who have schizophrenia who are very self-aware and they know mm-hmm. these things aren't real, mm-hmm. and yet they can't. Kind of like when you, we're a- a- anxious, like mm-hmm. we know these thoughts are yeah. anxiety, and yet we still feel anxious. You still succumb yes. to it, yes. So it's it's like that. It just depends on the per- per- person. But yeah, like there were several people that tried to tell her mm-hmm. like. What, well, there was a lot of what is wrong with you, what is – even, like – and I actually did feel really bad for Darren. Uh, yeah. He – He tried to help her and she, would like, well, screamed. He didn't try to – he tried to get He did as her, much as he could yes. given that he doesn't know this woman. He, he didn't want to – he didn't want to yeah. leave her in the – Yeah. The graveyard, the, the yeah. graveyard. And she just screamed, screamed at, at him, him until yeah. he left, which would, – would, would you have left? Like, that – she was kind of scarce. I would have left. I would have driven down the block and then taken out my 2020s era cell phone, mm-hmm. and I would have probably called the police mm-hmm. or 911. Yeah. That's what I would have done. Yeah. Because Same. if she can't, like, 
I don't, I, the fact that no one, and who knows? We, I feel like there are lots of parts of this movie that are maybe missing. Yes. And so, God, there's like so much to chew on here. Like, because at one point she goes to the hospital and her uh, caseworker played by Jay Duplass, mm-hmm. who was great. Yeah. Like like him a lot in everything he does. Who he says that that he was her caseworker before. Mm-hmm. So can we assume that maybe she was there? Maybe she did get picked up that night in the graveyard. Perhaps. Apparently they're only going to keep her for three days. But then in a, a di- different scene with him, he claims that he's he hasn't wor- worked with her before. And we have no way of knowing which one is true. Right. So then is this movie out of order? Mm-hmm. Like, is that because we're seeing something out of order because she's experiencing time in a different way? Okay. I'm just asking. I don't I've, I don't know I the answer. I have no idea. That's the thing is that once again, like this movie doesn't have a clear thought process or opinion or that I was one of my things actually okay. that kind well, of let's t- talk about t- t- ties into yeah, what yeah. what you were talking about. Yeah, go about. ahead. Let's let's get to that. That's um is this movie making fun of me- 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 mental illness or is mm. it trying to like really seriously um, delve into it. So what about it makes you think that it's making fun of mental illness? Um, the first time I saw it, I thought, okay, this is like the stereotypical type of things mm-hmm. that pe- people who have schizophrenia would say. It feels like this has been written by someone who doesn't know someone with schizophrenia or mm-hmm. didn't consult someone. It just, it felt... Now, who it knows? It felt on the outside. It felt... Uh, yes, that was something else mm-hmm. that I said. It felt like it wasn't her perspective. It felt like it was looking in. It mm-hmm. felt like it was about her looking mm-hmm. in from the outside mm-hmm. as opposed to telling her story from mm-hmm. her perspective. Okay, okay. But I just didn't know how this movie fe- felt about me- mental il- illness because the tone of it was not so ser- ser- serious. Mm-hmm. It, w- it wasn't like... It was like a psychological drama there was something yeah. like it's like not funny but just kind of bizarre it and, had a little bit of a quirky indie feel yeah. to it but i don't think it was well let me tell you what she said in the okay, interview please, and then and then i'd love to hear you respond to this so allison Bree says that she had been wanting to write this i have had this idea and wanted to make a movie out of it for 15 years and just really could not oh. figure out what to do with it okay but she had a grandmother with mental illness okay and i don't know if it was specifically schizophrenia but she had a grandmother with mental illness and so she wanted to write a story about that and so the goal of this movie was to be told from an unreliable narr- narrator's point of view which i think it definitely is so that the audience would ex- have the visceral experience of not knowing what was real and what wasn't because Sarah doesn't know what's real and what isn't and how frustrating and distressing that is for a person who's experiencing that, which I think they were very effective at doing. It definitely, they definitely did that, but uh, keep going. Keep but going. If, as a narrative, it is kind of difficult to draw conclusions from that because like I'm experiencing it. It's almost like, I love uh, contemporary art and most people hate it because it's like you walk in and you're like, why is there a bucket here with a, a, a cut, like a like a hand suspended from a ceiling next to the bucket? What does that mm-hmm, mean? Mm-hmm. I love that stuff because I love the puzzle of trying to figure out like what was the artist thinking when they made this and what uh, what does it make me think? And it, there's no right answer. So I actually love that kind of shit. 
And I feel like this movie is like that, where they're like, I'm going to give you an experience and then you're going to draw your own conclusions. Mm -hmm. I think that was what their intention was. And I think that's what she said in the interview was that, and this is unfortunately a contemporary art and uh, sculpture and thing is a little different than movies. We expect there to be some kind of bow and maybe there doesn't have to be a bow. But Mm -hmm. her thing was that she was like, if people are asking questions at the end of the movie and they're not really sure what the answers are, then that's what we want. And I'm like, well, you succeeded in that. Succeeded. But it's not self-aware. You so like, you think that it lacks the self-awareness of playing with this without and I am I don't know why, but I just made a squeezing hand mm-hmm. motion as though I was honking honking a horn. <laughs> Have you ever read it's a short story that uh was used as as an example in my college English lit class mm-hmm. as an unreliable narrator. It's called The Yellow Wallpaper. Yes. And I feel like that, I mean, it's been so long since mm-hmm. I read it, but that is very clear. Like, it's very, like... It still has an ending. It's a, it still yeah. has an ending. And it still has, like, you can see... And I'm going to hold off on talking about the ending yeah, until yeah, we get yeah. our but ending. You can but. see in the yellow wall, 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 wallpaper both what is happening and you're having mm-hmm. this experience, but you mm-hmm. also know know that it's an unreliable narrator. And I think that this one, you do know it's an unreliable narrator too. I would actually reference another film about an unreliable narrator called Memento. I love Memento. And Memento is very disorienting and difficult to put together, but it does have a, like the story has a definitive ending. Yes, and there's a plot. I think we need that. There's a plot. That's the thing is that you can have an, Un- unreliable narrator and still have a story and still mm-hmm. have a beginning mi- middle and end mm-hmm. and I they almost didn't feel like do, her, do, do that I almost, and I, I don't want to get to the ending just yet but I almost feel like a stronger ending would have been for her to go through this whole fucking crazy ass thing and I don't I hate to say crazy as like a derogatory yeah. thing I just mean like what hap- the journey she goes on is like f- so full of unexpected moments mm-hmm. and uh, it's really hard to get a handle on what's going on with her and where how she's going to come back out of this. I almost feel like it would be a stronger ending for her to be released after that 72 hours. And we just see her kind of walking off down the street mm-hmm. alone, Yeah, which is a downer of an ending for sure. Yeah, But like it would have said something to me about how like – there are people out there and they and they and they again they're dropping these little threads but they're never really picking yeah. them up there's that homeless guy outside of the craft store yeah. that's like yelling and they're like yeah. oh well you know and they yeah or his her grandmother how her grandmother, her grandmother, grandmother had mental illness she dried on the street and it's like this is what i feel like could have been the movie could have had like a little weight to it in the sense of like this woman it's not her fault like it's yeah. not her fault that she's going through this yeah. and uh it scares people around her and that's mm-hmm. totally understandable but she is there's a lack of compassion mm-hmm. not just from the people around her but from the system itself yeah. where they're like we're taking like we don't even see her we don't see them doing anything to rehabilitate her yeah. or anything she's just kind of there under observation yeah. locked up in her room yeah and then sent away mm-hmm. and that's i think speaks of volumes about what the writers of this film felt about the mental health system mm-hmm. and like that could have been a hook for some kind of grounded yeah ending. that's the thing is that it should have ended 
in a more ground grounded like this is I this is completely agree re, re, reality like mm-hmm. this is like this is what is actually happening because mm-hmm. there was like i don't know half an hour or whatever the last half hour last there was like minutes, a where it was 15, like 20 minute no hallucination is, yeah, yeah exactly yeah let's talk a little bit about her hallucinations there's a lot of time jumps there's a lot of sleepwalking we're not really sure like so she's it starts off small and i found these movements to be particularly creepy in a great way um and you did not find them scary at all <laughs> so I was like I, I was like i thought you said this movie wasn't scary and you're like Rrr. um but i swear to you getting up in the middle of the night to get something out of the fridge and see someone like staring at the wall facing mm-hmm. the wall fucking terrifying to me when she wakes up in the outside of with the with the phone like at the um payphone and her pajamas are on backwards there was something very unsettling about that mm-hmm. to me i think it's that like you know who did this to me did i do this to myself did someone else do this Mm -hmm. to me like there's like an invasion there like Mm -hmm. you're very like vulnerable when you're in your pajamas Mm -hmm. and so that's something very uh, it it upset me a lot to see that that one little detail so there were so many good things that were executed well Mm. i cannot stop thinking about that fucking weird suit she makes with that craft project (laughs) where she like sews the suit and it's got like the mask and it's like this weird quilted fabric. Like pink. Yeah, it was peach because that color kept coming up yeah. and up and up again. Like maybe she's trying to wrap herself in it to. Now, frankly, given that it had the mask and the gloves and everything, really appropriate ensemble for life during the coronavirus. Yes. We should all make some. <laughs> we should all be wearing those right now. But with a bra. Yeah, she was not wearing a bra. Mm. Um, And then. So. So she, it starts off small, these little hallucinations. She starts listening to Conspiracy Theories podcast, which is just never a good road for anybody, um, and begins believing that she's a clone mm-hmm. and that and she's having these dreams where she's imagining these people, which I guess you maybe she saw them in life. In life, yeah. And just incorporated them into her dream. This is all the things that are going through my head as I'm watching yes. the movie, right? Um, and then she starts to think she's being abducted by aliens and that her mother was a, her grand, she's a clone of her grandmother because mm-hmm. they look alike. And then when she gets put into the hospital after that breakdown we discussed mm-hmm. where she's sort of naked in the, um, in the craft store, mm-hmm. she goes on this like incredibly long, bizarre, meticulously art directed, uh, hallucination scene. Yeah. So do you want to talk about what do you what were your what were you anything you want to say about that well, this very whole long hallucination sequence I was like okay now I I no no longer know what's going on but mm-hmm. I wasn't swept away with it I was okay. more like annoyed with it I was okay. like I I literally have no idea what is ha- happening mm-hmm. I don't think the storyteller knows what's ha- happening and that that is the thing mm-hmm. that anno- an- annoys me when it, when it appears mm-hmm. that the sto- storyteller is not aware of what is what they're saying okay and why do you think they didn't know um because it didn't make sense okay and i see that i from what i hear Mm -hmm. it was supposed to not 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 make sense but i don't know well she i can't put my finger on it like why like what would make it work Mm -hmm. not making sense versus Mm -hmm. why i think it doesn't work now it was like a waking dream yeah. Which I can guess is like a hallucination. And I don't ha- I don't know a lot about schizophrenia, so I don't know if that's what actually happens to you when you're in a, going through an episode. 
Um, you've studied some psychology, so you know yeah. more about that than I do. Well, it totally depends. Like okay. so, sometimes it's just something you see, mm-hmm. like in 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 your vision, and like a lot of times, like you know mm-hmm. what the hallucination is, and mm-hmm. versus what's actually there. Mm-hmm. So you see something, and you're like scared by it, or mm-hmm. it's it's usually scarce, scarce, scary. But mm-hmm. you like, but you're aware that okay. that is the hallucination, and then. Like you are not the hallucination, but there's mm-hmm. like some kind of thing over here that you're like, okay, well that's, you know, um, but it also it just de- depends on the per per person. But like mm-hmm. in terms of like hearing vo- 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 voices and stuff, there's been some um, debate about how we, uh, you know, how we have thoughts to to ourselves. Like I want to get that drink, or I should do this, or. Mm-hmm how it could be possible that people who have schizophrenia, they have a break in the part of their brain that can differentiate between their own thoughts and other people's thoughts and voices and stuff. So like they're hearing their own thoughts, but they're Mm -hmm. they're attributing them to to someone else. else. I thought for your second, I thought for a second there, you were saying this implied that they were capable of telepathy. No. No. I was like, you have my attention. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but it's like they, they, there's some kind there's, of they think it's someone else. They think it's someone else, but it's actually and she is box. hearing voices. Mm-hmm. Uh, she thinks that her boyfriend, it's they're muffled. How fucking scary would that be to mm-hmm. wake up thinking that you had heard your roommate talking with her boyfriend mm-hmm. all night, and then she comes home and she's yeah. like, I wasn't here. I would shit my fucking pants. Have you ever um, had... I mean, um, I think ghosts live among us, so that's immediately what I would think of. <laughs> Have you ever um, had sleep par- paralysis? I've had dreams where I thought I was awake and I wasn't awake and I was mm-hmm. trying to wake myself up, mm-hmm. which I think is sort of like sleep mm-hmm. paralysis. And you couldn't move? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's sleep paralysis. It's and basically, like, you think... It's like you're in the room where you're asleep mm-hmm. and you're awake and mm-hmm. there's like you can see stuff. You can see mm-hmm. shit going on in the room. You can hear something. You can feel some, for me. It's like yeah. someone like pressing up again. Get, no, it's more me. like I'm still dreaming, mm-hmm. but I think that I'm awake. So it's okay. I've never had like I've woken up and I can't move. OK, that okay. sounds awful. No, it's terrifying because yeah. like you're like awake and you like it's like you're in the room you're exact like your your head is positioned mm-hmm. so that you can exactly see where mm-hmm. you are but there's like shit going on that d- doesn't make sense like it, it's mm-hmm. not real and you yeah. like know it's not real but you yeah. also like don't know it's not real and you're just kind of like Fuck, i'm dude. seeing these things i'm hearing these things i would i don't know it's if i'd be terrifying. able to you can't if move. i thought that was going to happen you can't move yeah <laughs> it's like from uh, the haunting of hill, hill house i know that's so fucking yeah. terrifying yeah um so presumably she in this hallucination she walks out of the hospital Mm -hmm. which immediately i'm like this is probably not real because that door was locked as fuck yeah but she even sees like it's really hard to talk about this without talking about the ending so it it Mm -hmm. almost seems like there's like a time jump where the nurse goes from being a modern nurse to being like a nurse from like her mother's or grandmother's time period yes and then she walks out of the hospital and makes that amazing suit (laughs) and she's like cutting through the fabric and like the fabric reveals itself to be there's a lot of like imaginative stuff happening here i thought it was very imaginative uh and then she ends up at darren's house Mm -hmm. but it's probably not darren i don't who knows what she may have been dreaming this whole time um and then uh 
they they have sex and then it's mid sex it changes to Darren from the TV show from Purgatory Matthew mm-hmm. Gray Goobler or whatever um which I actually thought was really fucking cool because like then you're like is Darren real or like did she imagine Darren like should she ever yeah. did she ever go on a date with Darren yeah. and then they're like making suits together and I was like I kind of want this for her like yeah. I kind of want her to have this fantasy yeah I just wanted I wanted her to have a moment where she felt like somebody was like cared about her. Yeah. Like her stepdad's giving her money and her roommate's trying to fix her or whatever. But at no moment did it really, really feel like there was anybody who was like taking care of her. And that made me so sad because I, it makes you, I feel like I have people in my life who take care of me Mm -hmm. and to not have that. It's just like, that feels really heartbreaking to me. Yeah. No, that's the thing is that, but I think that's true for the vast majority of humanity. If you're going through something that no, mm-hmm. no one understands, like who is going to like step into your life and be like, I'm going to sweep you off your feet and do everything that's right and take yeah. care of you. Like, it's like, I don't know what to do. Let's put her in yeah. a hospital. Like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Let's, let's hang out with her. Let's, I don't yeah. know what to say. You know, like yeah. if it's, it's, it's something that's so out there, like schizophrenia that only i think it's like one percent of the population Mm -hmm. has or something like that Mm -hmm. and and most people don't know someone who has it and Mm -hmm. if they do they don't really understand it and Mm -hmm. even i'm not i mean i have a degree in psychology i'm not fully um read up on Mm -hmm. all of what that means um yeah it's hard yeah so i don't even remember how that sequence ends like i feel like she just kind of wakes up Oh, she imagines that she goes to Heather's house and lays mm-hmm. down next to Heather and they fall oh, asleep. Oh, yeah, and she wakes up and she's back in the, the hospital room in the bed of her roommate. And that's when we hear about the... Who I may or may not exist. Exactly, yeah. And she's the girl from her dream that she was having. Mm-hmm. And and at that point, I was curious. I was, like, I was like, has she been in the hospital this whole time? Like, Or has she been back a couple times? Yeah. She's wearing the same thing both times. Yeah. I just feel, yeah, I just wish, I don't know what I wish. I, I, I don't know how to, to how to f- fix it. I don't mm-hmm. know how to make it so that it would please me. <laughs> like, sure. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, I don't know. Uh, I think that an argument could be made that there was a lot of imagination, but it was like kind of like where, like what am I supposed to take away from this? Yes. Yeah, I, I definitely feel that that's true. Uh, do you have something else on your list that you want to cover? Because we're really holding off on talking about the ending here, which okay. I feel like we are going to dig into for sure. But I want to make um, sure we cover anything else. I mean, one of my questions, I think we've discussed it, but does the film think that time travel, alien abduction, clo- cloning is real? Or I, I want to talk about that during the ending. Okay. Because okay, okay. I definitely think we should talk about that. Yeah. Uh, I think the last thing we can really get into is the ending here. Yeah. And I think that's the question. Does this movie think that she is mentally ill? Or does this movie imply the time travel, cloning, alien abduction, that those things are real, that she's experiencing a real event? That's what I'm asking you. I'm asking you. (laughs) I'm asking you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know what? And uh, listeners, we did, for the first time ever, we did a watch along for this movie. And you can see how our reaction to the Mm -hmm. end of this movie. And do you remember what I said when the credits started rolling. You were like, I do not accept that. <laughs> you were like, no, so, I do not accept that as an ending. 
I, I, you know, I feel like the movie did a great job of making me, putting me in the shoes of somebody who doesn't know what's going on and mm-hmm. the unreliable narrator. What I, I, and I, I, all the problems that you're having with it, I do feel like there was a lot of th- too, maybe too many threads. Yes. But I honestly was not bothered by that too much until they, we got to the ending mm-hmm. where she is now out of the hospital. She uh, ends up, um, oh, God, I lost my train of thought. She's out of the hospital. She dresses up like her grandmother. Mm-hmm. She goes and gets the horse, mm-hmm. which I was very concerned about that horse's yeah. welfare. Yeah. You were like, the horse doesn't die, do, 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 does he? She walks past the craft store. Uh-huh. They see her f- from the inside of the craft yeah. store walking past, which uh-huh. we saw at the beginning. Yeah. And then she takes the horse to a clearing and lays down and the aliens take her away. Mm-hmm. Is this real? Is this a hallucination? That's the thing is it's played as if it's real. I think the movie says that it is. Yeah. I mean, now that I've read the interview, I don't think the, they made a decision. I think yeah. they chose to not make a decision, which pisses me off. Mm-hmm. Pisses yeah. me off. Yeah. Um. So I think given the evidence that I have, if I ignore what they said in the interview, and like I think you should – I would like to hear what your conclusion is based on what we have and not the interview. Okay. I think the movie implies that the cloning and the time mm-hmm. travel is real. Yes. And here's my reasoning. Because, not just because she gets lifted away at the end, but because we see the horse at the beginning mm-hmm. when she's in the craft store mm-hmm. and she sees the horse walk by. Yes. To me, that implies that time travel is occurring. Yes. And the fact that the caseworker says that he's been her caseworker before, mm-hmm. and then we see a scene where he says he doesn't know her. Mm-hmm. All of that to me leads up to, oh, time time travel is real. She's experiencing yeah. time travel. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck you. Yeah. Like, f- you couldn't fuck, complete fuck you. it. You couldn't make you didn't, it. Didn't yeah. know how to la- stick the landing. It had a That's lot how of, it felt to me. It had a lot of different, differing opinions mm-hmm. about what was go- 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 going on. And I feel yeah. like you can have a lot of different ideas and a lot mm-hmm. of different, like, things that happen. But you have to have... A consistent like this is what's going go- going on. You have to have a thesis, and I a don't thesis, know what the thesis yes. of if the thesis of this movie is, haha, maybe mental illness really is time travel. Then yeah. fuck you. Well, it, you it, know, it, it, we'll go back to what That's how it what, felt what you were saying end. about Memento. Like Memento mm-hmm. has a the-, the thesis. Like yeah. the Memento has a whole like shtick. Yeah, that it, it does. Mm-hmm. This has it doesn't ha- have that. I, f- I feel like when your movie doesn't have an ending, which I feel like this movie, the ending seemed really slapped on there for me. Mm-hmm. When your movie doesn't have an ending, then all this other stuff that we've been experiencing st- starts to lose meaning or becomes yes. just like a series it didn't of. meet 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 mean anything. That's the thing. Like, I feel like that if they had, if there had been a definitive ending to the movie, then that whole hallucination sequence could have had a lot of meaning. Yeah. And the reason that it feels like a little bit like a lot of really good production design for no reason is because there's no ending it. There yeah. be- because there's no meaning. Yes. And, and ooh, isn't it cool that maybe she's experiencing time travel and maybe she's not? That is not a fucking ending Mm-mm. to me. That is an insult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, like I, I reiterate, I, I, if I had, if I would have rather seen her walk out of that hospital with a baggie with her personal effects in it, mm-hmm. and just walk into walk into the sunlight 
until mm-hmm. we can't see her anymore and we don't know what happens to her after that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's bleak, but like I think that says more than like oops, maybe oops, maybe this is time travel. Mm-hmm. Like that's like mm-hmm. I just that was I felt very insulted by yeah. that. Anyway. Yeah. And also like I feel like there are a lot of I don't know if there are a lot a lot of movies, but I feel like this is a trope with like sometimes when someone's about to kill themselves, they get mm-hmm. like they get all their affairs in order, they get dressed up, they go do something, yeah. they like they go I thought maybe like, she was she gonna took hang off herself. Her shoes and, I thought like, she was gonna hang yes. herself. Not that I wanted to see no, that. No, no, but. no, no. But it felt like I'm about to kill myself. Yeah. Was this a this, did she kill herself? And this was just what like she her imagined. Like, the, like she looked a little bit like, like she, was she was hanging. hanging. Yeah. Ew, that makes me so creeped out. Yeah, but that did, did occur to me. Like, yeah, I definitely it definitely occurred to me when she took her shoes off. Yeah. And I was like, ew, I don't want to see her hang herself. But even her killing herself at the end, I don't think of would have really been an, a real ending either. No. It also would have felt like, well, That's, we don't know what to do now. Yeah. I guess she's just going to kill herself. Exactly. Like that doesn't feel like it does justice to the yeah. experience that she went through. Yeah. It doesn't do justice to the struggle and it doesn't do justice to the struggle that people have with depression. Mm-hmm. Uh, if she had done that, that would have made me yeah. like even angrier probably. Yeah. I did like that, that, she, that she didn't have depression though. That it was, it was like anxiety and mm-hmm. hallucinations, delu- mm-hmm. delusions. Cause I yeah. think while people with schizophrenia can have all sorts of coke, more morbid things like some mm-hmm. are depressed some aren't depressed some yeah. are anxious some aren't anxious like yeah. um but i i feel like there are a lot of mental illness movies about people with depression so mm-hmm. it was kind of it was kind of nice to see that she didn't ha- 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 have that yeah <sighs> i lost what i was gonna say sorry no it's okay i just it's okay I lost it. It's gone. Goodbye. Yeah. My, it's just, just flying like away meme. on the end. It's evaporating. They all there the, somewhere. It's hanging out with the meme that you forgot about. Oh no. Uh, final thoughts on Horse Girl. Um, and would you recommend to a friend? I feel bad that Alison Brie, you know, had personal experience with a, me- a, a mentally ill fa- fa- family member, and she's mm-hmm. been thinking about this for fifteen years. I don't know mm-hmm. how many years. Fifteen. But fifteen years, and that she re- re- really wanted to tell this right, and she really yeah. like she got like the funding, and like mm-hmm. it makes me feel bad that she put all that work and had all, mm-hmm. spent all this time th- th- thinking mm-hmm. about it and had personal experience, and yet it didn't. It wasn't executed. Yeah. The way that it should have been, mm-hmm. and that just makes me feel sad. I know that's like kind of bleak, but like that's just how I feel. It's fair. Uh, Would you recommend this movie? I think it's weird and Mm -hmm. I don't think it's a bad movie. I don't think it's a bad movie. I just don't think – I think it has a bad ending. Yes. And the performances in this movie were great. She's amazing. She's an amazing actor. Like really good. She really felt felt it. Um, And I think that – and. What she said in the interview that I read was that, of course, she's entering a transitional period in her career where Glow is ending and BoJack Horseman, another show that she's on, is ending. And so she's got a lot of – she's got a a look at what am I going to do next. And she said that there was something really fulfilling about creating something that was her own. And so regardless of whether it turned out exactly perfect – and I think all of us know what it's like to make something – and have it not quite turn out that way or yeah. maybe you think it turned out perfect but other people are like Mah. yeah it's uh i think you have a lifetime to get better at storytelling and i w- agree that it is it's not a bad movie um it's 
there's a lot of really great things about mm-hmm. it. Um, the performances are great. Art direction was wonderful. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, it I did it did have me think about a lot of like yeah, it kept me it thinking. Me th- and the the right the writing is not it was not bad. Like the no. the di- the di- dialogue there was well that was improvised. Wrong- what? Yeah, I forgot to mention that um, they wrote a very detailed outline, but the. But according to Alison Brie, the, the, uh, they improvised the scenes. So they had a very detailed outline of what had to happen, but the dialogue was improvised. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. That, yeah. When I hear about things being – like dialogue being improvised, mm-hmm. as a writer, it saddens me. <laughs> like it's just like <laughs> – I'm just like I like work so hard at like making things – seem like something mm-hmm. someone would actually say yeah. and have it flow and, and that was the result for right doing the improvising choices. as yeah. well so i think yeah. it's just a different way to do it okay and i've always wanted to make a movie that way um i think it's a dangerous game but very dangerous yeah it worked out well here i didn't feel i could yeah. and uh it, they wanted it to be grounded and it felt grounded i'm surprised she didn't so. write the stuff that she was starting to say about the clones and all that stuff like that I that wasn't not. I mean, again, their outline was detailed, so yeah. it might have even been like there were certain lines they or had like, to say. Or like words, like keywords. Yeah, I don't think they made it up. Like they definitely yeah. mapped out the story and what yeah. had to happen in each scene in terms of objective. But yeah. the words that were said by the actors, I think, yeah. you know, they had the freedom to kind of yeah. uh, let that kind of yeah, come that, out. Yeah, that, that, that is kind of cool. I just mm-hmm. wouldn't – as a controlling – yeah, writer per person. Would you be able to direct something if it was improvised? I think if I had the right actors, actors, yeah. I think it might be a cool experiment. But I've it always wanted to do something. It definitely like wouldn't that. be something that I would like do all the time. Yeah, it wouldn't be like unless you really like it. That's true. I guess you don't know until until you try. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that Horse Girl is on Netflix, and if you are. Um, if you're trapped in your house right now and you like weird movies, mm-hmm. um, then I can recommend watching it. Yeah. Um, I did find the ending to be frustrating, but it wasn't like after I watched it, I was like, oh, I wish I hadn't watched this. You yes, know what I mean? Yes, I was yes. just like, oh, I wish that had been better. Yeah. So I could, I'd say, give it a check it out. Why not? Yeah. I agree. Okay. No, not no. the, I know. No print. I don't want any print. Okay. Nothing too busy. These are a lot of our warmer colors over here. Reds and pinks. And no, I already have a red. I don't purples. want red. No. Or yellows. This is holiday. Don't look at these. Um, the oranges. We have a good orange over here. Hmm. It's like a marigold. Not bad. We have these. We have these nice um, sort of peachy gold. It's pretty, but the fabric wrinkles. It's too wrinkly. Yeah, it's wrinkly. I, you know, this fabric will never wrinkle. It's a bit darker. It's more of like a brick. Well, you said no red, but mm-hmm. oh, this is the color. Yeah, the peach. It has the right energy. Colors have energy. Oh, absolutely. All colors have energy, and this is very protective. Okay, so uh, this is we're gonna do the Bechtel test for Horse Girl. Um, see if uh, if this movie stands up uh, against the criteria of the Bechtel test. Uh, of course, the Bechtel test to see uh, women characters, do they have their own agency, blah, 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 blah. Okay, if you want to know the history, we did a, do a whole episode about it in season one. Go back and check that out. Um, all right, so first rule of the Bechtel test, does this film have more than one female character in it? It does. Uh, do those two characters have names? Yes, they do. Uh, do they talk to each other? Yes, they do. Do they talk about something other than a man? Yes. Yeah. I definitely think that this movie 
passes the Bechtel test with without question. Multiple instances of women talking about something other than men. They talk about fabric. They talk mm-hmm. about aliens. What their plans are after after, after work. work. About birthdays. About mm-hmm. their fears. Um, mm-hmm. It's not a movie that just passes the Bechtel test on the on a technicality. Yeah. While we both feel that some of the relationships could have been explored more deeply, I do commend this movie for having what felt like real grounded relationships um, that you know, I think uh, I can relate to in my life and uh, I can see and reflected in relationships with other women I've known. Mm, I just realized, does what? it pass, would it pass the male version of the Bechdel test? Oh, you mean if we were talking about two men? If there were two, two men, men who, who talked about, to... who had names who talked to, to, to each other. Not that we need to discuss no, we, this. No, but... but it is kind of an interesting, I, I can't think of an instance where yeah. two men, and you know what? Fuck those guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Okay, welcome to Plug It Up. Uh, this is the part of the show where um, if we had a guest, the guest would tell us about all the cool things that they're doing. Um, but, you know, today it's just me and Sarah. And yeah. uh, we do have a lot of cool stuff going on. Yeah. Um, Sarah, you're writing a book. Yes, so I am. It's a personal essay story book. Mm-hmm. Storybook, <laughs> illustrated. Illustrated. Just <laughs> the, il- the illustrated story of Sarah's life. It's not. Yeah, it's same personal essays. Da- David Sedaris, Lindy mm-hmm. West. Um, I guess those are the two main that are like, oh, like they're they have like hu- humor, but they also tell like really like deep kind mm-hmm. of store store stories. So that's kind of what I'm going for. Mm-hmm. But yeah what i'm up to right now uh and we've i i got we had the privilege to read some of it at a writer's group mm-hmm. and i'm really looking forward to more it's it, it was uh, very very deeply touched everyone at the uh writer's group so it was a really Aww. good essay and um so well we don't have a lot of details about it right yeah, now but no, once because it's that it's just, it's just star star starting yeah. out but i'm working on a what 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 website and new like accounts so i can get a following and I guess. Sarah's a wonderful writer. Thank so you. as soon as we have more details about when you get that up and going, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll plug that because, guys, I mean, this fucking book is going to be amazing. Oh, thanks, Nicole. All right. So uh, are you also on our YouTube channel, we've got a bunch of other stuff there. We've got, of course, we've got our podcast that we're now putting up there and um, sketches, films, web series, all kinds of fucking and fun shit. Fun shit. What? Tutorial. And the tutorials, yes. Uh, also, uh, every other Tuesday, uh, Critical Crop Top is releasing Tutorial Tuesdays uh, on our YouTube channel. It's me teaching Nicole. you editing, little bite-sized tutorials. So, and if just you want, so you know, Nicole is a professional editing teacher. So these these, yeah, these are true. like legitimately like these this are is the not real your, deal. This is not your fluffy. No, editing. this is not just some rando. This on isn't the someone you pulled off the street. Internet, exactly. To ask you, to teach you. This is a premiere. professional. <laughs> uh, I try to keep it uh, concise. Uh, mm-hmm. They're pretty, sh- they're short, you know, like five. Some of them I think might be 10 minutes or so. Uh, just little bite-sized things to teach you the basics of editing, how to set up a project, how to, you know, all in premiere so far. That's what we're learning about. How to set up a project, how to get all your footage in there, how to sync picture and sound. Uh, all that kind of stuff that you need to know to get your project going. So check out Tutorial Tuesdays also on our YouTube channel. So uh, if you subscribe there, you'll get our watch-alongs. You'll get all of our old material. Um, I don't want to – I hate to say old. It's not old. It's not past its our, prime. It's not past its prime. All of our 
previously all of our made material. Evergreen material, Evergreen. I think is what they yes. call it. Um, and uh, Tutorial Tuesdays, which you'll get uh, every other Tuesday. Um, also, uh, you can subscribe to this podcast, The Feminine Mistake Podcast, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. We're all over the place. Um, and if you would kindly rate and review uh, and subscribe, mm-hmm. that would be awesome. We'd love to hear what you think about the show mm-hmm. and any suggestions you have for any movies that you'd like us to do in the future. Yes, we are. We will. We will do this podcast until we die. We will. And we'll be we like will watch every film ever made. It's true. Until there's no more films and we'll be like, I guess this is the last episode because we've watched all the films. <laughs> Um, and you can also find us on social media, um, on Facebook and Instagram at Feminine Mistake Pod and on Twitter at Fem Mistake Pod. Tell us all your horse girl thoughts. All of them. All if of the thoughts. If you used to be a horse girl. Yeah. If you still you get are it a horse wrong, girl. If you're still a horse girl and you want to uh, come to bat to defend horse girls. I don't feel like we were harsh on horse no. girls. But, uh, you know, give us your, hor- your give us your horse experiences. You keep saying whore. <laughs> <laughs> what? Give us your whore. Give us your whore. <laughs> I'm getting a lazy mouth. Um, is this a symptom of the coronavirus, lazy mouth? No. Oh, no. no. It's happening right now. Uh, Sarah, Rise of Skywalker came out early to keep us in our homes. Let's do it. Do you want to watch it? And let's eat stuff. Let's eat stuff and watch whoa <laughs> don't know what to think about that <laughs> food we'll let's eat food. eat food let's eat food hopefully they'll deliver my food this time <laughs> oh my god what if we just do two two separate orders one for you one for me yeah I, it's like there's some kind of bad bad uh bad karma we have when we order the same thing either your food doesn't get delivered or mine doesn't get delivered this is the most complainy modern <laughs> oh problem shit. There are people out there like, oh fuck God. you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're going to enjoy some takeout and uh, sit far away from each other. Mm-hmm. Wash our hands constantly. Mm-hmm. We're going to socially distance while being together. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good to me. 